Aloha, you are watching and listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm with Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. We just got done recording five, six, six, six hours, six hours of live NBA draft first and second round. Then we just recorded our Eastern Conference grades. Now we're recording our Western Conference grades. It's two o'clock in the morning in Dallas, but we are still hyped up on the NBA draft. Let's roll. All right. It's late, man. We're getting we're getting tired. We may be giggling through the end of this right now. We're going to do Western Conference grades for the 2021 NBA draft. We've been talking about this draft all year. Draft night hits. It's fun, but it's like a blur for us because we're, you know, we're recording everything. The picks are coming in. Our mock draft blows, or at least my mock draft blows up in like the first 10 minutes and is, is in flames. Uh, but it, it's also really fun to kind of come back and now reflect now that we actually know where these guys get selected and what have you. We did Eastern Conference grades. You can go over and listen to that podcast on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your stuff. You can also go over to my website, nbabigboard.com, and we'll have my Western Conference, Eastern Conference draft grades there. My column on that, as well as uh, draft winners and losers, uh, as well as some live draft coverage that I did and 2022 stuff starting next week. Raphael's been breaking down videos or whatever. You got some 2022 videos coming soon? No, I, I want to get started on it right away. Okay. Just because... I kind of want to keep the momentum I had, even though I, I need to take a break. But yeah, it, it's such a competitive field that you know I want to have my videos out first, and I'm just thinking of ways to make the site better, make the the videos better for next year because this video space is, is now getting pretty competitive. Well, I've really appreciated having you on the show several times. It was super fun to do the mm-hmm. the stuff with him. If you haven't checked out his stuff uh, at nbadraftjunkies.com or listen to his podcast over uh, Locked On NBA Draft, make sure you do so. Uh, like I said, we did the Eastern Conference. Now we're going to do the Western Conference uh, here in this podcast, and we're going to fly through this in the next 30 minutes or so. And it starts with the Houston Rockets, who had the number two pick in the draft and got Jalen Green at two. Alpern and Singun at 16, which is a bit of a surprise. They traded to get that pick. Uh, Usman Garuba at 23, and then Josh Christopher at 24. How do you feel about the Rockets draft? <laughs> if you would have told me this was a Thunder draft, I would have believed you. But <laughs> okay, why? <laughs> Rafael Stone might be the new Sam Presti. I mean, Jalen Green, you, you're going to get an A just off of Jalen Green okay. alone. Yeah. Shingun is yeah. someone that I'm pretty high on. I didn't see him going to Houston. And, okay. and and so I think that was a good pick there. Garuba was someone that I thought was going to be at least a late lottery pick or mid first round. For whatever reasons, he fails to 23. I thought that was a good pick. Josh Christopher is the one that doesn't make the most sense, but at 24, when you drafted those three guys, I mean, you can... You just go get athletes. Just, yeah, you just go get the best player available. I'm giving them an A. It's, yeah. This is a no-brainer there. Um it's it's an interesting mix when you when you have Shingun and Garuba together, especially considering that they still have Christian Wood and even um, DJ Wilson. Mm-hmm. But they're going to be fun to watch. They may not win a lot of games, but they may be fun to watch because they're going to have, I mean, with Porter Jr., you got Green, then you got your throwback center, then you got your defender. And I think Garuba is going to look good in pick and rolls. 
You know, it's 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 interesting because assets, assets, assets for a team that really their their roster was laid bare. Uh, you yeah. know, Kevin Porter Jr., Christian Wood, Deshaun Tate. Uh, there was a few guys on that roster that you like, but overall. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Kenya Martin Jr. Kenya like Martin that, Jr. had actually a pretty good season. Shot blocking. Yeah. He's like the epitome of positionless basketball. He's like a, a five in the body of a wing. Yeah, so funny. So you get Jalen Green who's a super scorer. Sengun, who's also an offensive genius, but it's going to play um, in the paint. Garuba, who's a defensive genius. Christopher is also a, a, a scorer. I'm not sure that there's enough basketballs for for Josh Christopher, yeah. uh, for Jalen Green, and for uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, let alone Sengun also yeah. likes likes to score and 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 shoot the ball as well. But I'm intrigued. Yeah. I guess I'll just say that I think they've got a lot of young assets. I think you got some things to be excited about uh, if you're a Rockets fan. They also gave up some assets, but I'm like, good for them. Sam Presti hoards them. Uh, you know, he gave up some when he saw a guy that he liked. My guess is Singoon, uh, as an analytics darling at 16, they couldn't help themselves when they signed there. Uh, uh, Kevin Pelton out of ESPN had him ranked number one uh, the day before the draft, just on the analytics uh, scale as Did well. Do you think this was 2001? Uh, I think uh, the <laughs> analytics might, uh, right? Uh, but A for the Rockets, definitely. They're, they're my league pass team this year. A league pass team, going to be so intriguing to watch. The Thunder. Tank all year, end up with a sixth pick in the draft. Tons of rumors that they're going to move up in the draft. They literally have thousands of assets, not literally, figuratively, lots of assets. They end up not only kind of standing pat, but actually trading one of their picks for more future assets down the road. They end up with Josh Giddy at six, which was a big surprise. The first like really big surprise of the draft. I mean, Scotty Barnes for some, but. This was at, le- at least I was talking about I didn't have any clues Josh Giddy was going six to the Thunder. Trey Mann at 18, Jeremiah Robinson Earl at 32, Aaron Wiggins at 55. What say you about this draft? I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, I, I thought that, you know, again, they have all the assets. You would think that they would be able to move up to get possibly one of the top three, or maybe one of the top four guys. I thought Giddy was a reach plays the same position as their all-rookie guard last year. Um, they have Gilgis Alexander and Dort, who, they, who has the worst contract from a player standpoint in the NBA. But he's – I mean, he had like a 40-point game this season. Trey Mann, I like Mann. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's the Thunder and the Sam Presti, and we've given him a lot of credit that we felt like they were going to have a stronger draft. It's not necessarily a bad draft, but I guess our expectations was going to be a little different. But I'm going to give them a C. Yeah, I'm I'm going to give them a D uh, because at some point, given the pain that this franchise went through this year as part of the rebuild, to end up with this. Uh, and I know you can say it's short-sighted next year, but I, I don't feel like they made any movement in this draft yeah. towards building that championship contender. Uh, and, you know, Giddy, I like Giddy. I think get six is high for Giddy. Trey Mann, I actually had in the early second round. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, mid-second round. Uh, Aaron Wiggins was not in my top 60. And uh, interestingly, with those first three guys, surprising for the thunder not that those aren't great athletes none of those guys are they're actually kind of not good athletes yeah. which is typically not what the thunder do here um maybe sam sees something that i don't and all these guys are going to mix together in a way 
that that is going to surprise. But I, I feel like you got to be disappointed yeah. that this should have been one of those tentpole moments where you say, okay, we've got Shea. Now we have Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, right. Cade Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, even Jonathan Kaminga brings hope. Yeah. And I'm just not sure that Josh Giddy's that guy. And so uh, for me, this was the worst draft uh, of any team just related to expectations and what we thought it was going to be. So that's, that's my question. Is it how much of it is it based off of expectations? Because let's say you swapped it out and let's say the Rockets had this draft and then the Thunder had Jalen Green and all that. I think so we expected the Thunder to end up with the better players. Another thing about this draft that that I don't really like is that so they're going to have to pay Gilgis Alexander. So he's going to be a $100 million guy. So you you have a $100 million player on a team that's only going to win 20 games, 25 games max, and then you didn't even draft a guy who is going to be a starter on a team that's expected to win 25 games max. I mean, you know, the good news is Thunder fans, you know, you're going to be in the mix for the number one pick in 2022 unless Poku decides to go wild in a few games and uh, and knock you out again. I mean, look, you can't – some of it's the draft odds, you know, fair enough. But uh, I just wonder how they couldn't get some of those assets to get up and get a little bit better in this draft. I just – I'm sorry. I did, didn't like it. Yeah, I thought they would have – I would have liked to see Gilgis Alexander move to Toronto. I thought that could have been pretty interesting there. Mm-hmm. And now they're in this position. Like I said, you're going to have to pay him a hefty contract, and you're not your team isn't going to be better. I would have tried to reset. You know, like you kept hearing that the Hawks are thinking about doing. You move SGA, you get a top four, top five pick, and then you're still keeping your payroll low. And you yeah, know, like I said. I don't see anybody in this group that they drafted is going to come in to start for them. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the Warriors. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga at seven. Moses Moody at 14. Uh, so much talk again about the Warriors trading. So much talk about are they going to go get proven guys versus young guys. Uh, they get Kaminga clearly swinging for the fences there. And Moody also one of the younger players in this draft at 14. No trade. Do you like the draft? And then the second question is, are any of the are either of these guys going to be able to get any minutes on this Warriors no. team next year? Did they, you can make a case. Do they have the youngest draft? Well, yeah, one of the youngest for sure. Because Moody's young for his class also. Very young, yeah. And then Kaminga yep. reclassified. So who would have thought the Warriors, the team we all thought was going to go for guys that are able to come in and contribute right away, would have one of the youngest drafts. And you can make a case to say the two guys that they drafted played the exact same position. I I think Moody, even though he is the lower pick of the two, has a better shot of making the rotation. But do you believe Golden State is a team that would send Kaminga to Santa Cruz for the, the whole year? Yeah, I, I think they believe in their development, and I, I think they may have to. I mean, you know, they'll see when they get him there. And, you know, he played in the G League, and I, I'm sure they're going to try to see – at mm-hmm. what level can they get him to? Uh, I, I'm not sure either guy helps them now, but I'm not going to criticize him for that because I actually think that that the Warriors did the right thing here. Mm-hmm. They have to not just think about the now, but also the future. They did think about it. I do think that down the road, Kaminga and James Wiseman, like if we were just talking out of teams and said, hey, your team's going to end up with 
James Wiseman and Jonathan Kaminga, yeah, you'd great. Yeah, yeah, you'd be like, oh, that's great. And, I mean, Moody. and 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 Moses Moody. Yeah. You'd be great. And so understanding that probably guys that are 22 and 23, like Duarte and Davian Mitchell, probably don't move the needle too much for you anyway, as far mm-hmm. as wins and losses go. Go get the guys that down the road could move the needle big time if they hit. And I certainly think Kaminga has that talent. And Moody to me is kind of a high floor, low ceiling guy. I yeah. think he just kind of is what he is. Uh, but you need guys like that on your roster. And I think they found one in Moses Moody. And so I give the Warriors a solid B. Whew. It, man, this is tough because I want to grade them on how I expected them to uh-huh. draft. I don't know how these guys helped them this year okay. when they have a short window. I'll give them a B minus. Okay, B minus. But then uh, again, if it wasn't the Warriors, I'd say, you know, let's take the Warriors off of it. You put another team, you may say this is an A draft. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to stick with my with my B minus because I thought the Warriors would do something. Like I, th- that. I think if you if Raphael was a professor, you'd want to take his class. This is like one of the nicest guys I know. I think it like pains <laughs> him like to even put a B minus down. <laughs> Let's go to the Sacramento Kings, who surprised us with Davian Mitchell at nine. Uh, Nemius Keita, shout out to Portugal at 40. Wow. Uh, shocked. I was shocked. This was yeah. not a guy that I had going to the Kings or even in the conversation with the Kings. Do you know if he worked out for them? I don't even know. I don't think he did. Yeah. Um, and then it slowly starts to... I slowly start to warm up as the draft goes on and I'm like, Hmm, wait a minute. Maybe this is actually kind of one of those like sneaky good drafts. Right. So I'm curious what you think about Sacramento. I haven't warmed up to it. <laughs> have not. Okay. No. Uh, and I like, I like Mitchell. I like Kayla. I, at number nine, I mean, if they would have selected Moody, I, I would have thought it made more sense. Mitchell. I mean, they still have Buddy Hill. They do. They tra- They thought they traded yeah. Buddy Hill. Uh, they didn't. Obviously, didn't uh, when the Lakers decided to do that deal with the Wizards instead. Um, so, it, I don't know if there's another trade. Then to me, it makes a little bit more sense. But right now, you have Fox, you have Halliburton, you have Hill, you have Mitchell, and then I like Kata though. Like I said on the no. broadcast, I think that he ends up being their starting center at the end of the year. I'm going to give them a C. Okay, a C. Well, this is one of the first ones that that you and I are are kind of off on. I warmed up to it. I've been a big Davian Mitchell guy all year. Uh, you know, he got to six, and I started to get a little bit uncomfortable with that, and probably you know maybe ten. But the more I started thinking about, I, I'm kind of leaving Buddy Heald out of it for a minute. The deer and fox. Um, Tyrese Halliburton, Davian Mitchell, three-headed monster. Maybe they're not all on the court at the same time. Maybe there's times that you know a Halliburton can slide to the three. Uh, you know, on this team, it brings toughness. It brings defense to one of the most atrocious defensive teams I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> and and Keita, like you said, I think was a big sleeper down here. He might end up, like you said, being the starting center on this yeah. team at some point. And they got him at forty. 
and they brought defense and that's desperately what they needed. They brought culture. Uh, both of these are great individuals that I think are going to contribute the right things to the culture. And I just don't, I don't think the Kings are done. I think they're, we're still going to see Bagley and, and Buddy Heald probably moved and uh, maybe even Harrison Barnes. And, you know, this will work out. I don't think this moves the needle much for the Kings in the way of playoffs go, unfortunately. Right. Uh, but I do think that it it's building culture and, and I like that. Do you think Halliburton can really play the three? Uh, yeah, kind of just like a three guard lineup. I is he like one seventy? <laughs> yeah, you know it's it's we'll see. <laughs> just just let me have my fantasy for a minute of all these guys together. I really I'm really rooting for Davian uh, Mitchell. I, I like Mitchell a lot too. I just I hope this is not one of those Sacramento picks like a tradition. I know mm-hmm. it's a different front office, but Jimmer Fredette. Yeah, uh, yeah, they got. They got uh, it. Could be crazy. I gave them an A minus. He gave them a C. We'll we'll come revisit this in a year and see uh, who was right. Let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar actually sponsored our live show. We've been stuffing ourselves with Built Bars. You're actually taking a box yeah. box of the <laughs> strawberry make home. Them sound greedy. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. There, there <laughs> was some they're promotional they're, stuff they're here. Good, yeah. I actually ate a live one on air. It was yes, like a grasshopper one. Um, but they have nine delicious flavors. And and when you talk to Built Bar fans, everybody has their faves. There's coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, something for everybody. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you can get two of each of the flavors. And the thing is, you know, and I was with you when you like bit into one, you're like, oh, wait a minute. This, I was not expecting this at all, right? It's it's 100% chocolate, like it says, but it's it's chewy. Yeah, it, it it really does taste like a candy. That's why I got a whole box because it's it's like eating a candy bar, but it's a candy bar that's healthy for me. Yeah, so it's a, it's Snickers. A, yeah, this is not a Snickers. There's 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, only four grams of net carbs. Uh, this is this is a bar that's good for you. So order today, get that raspberry or mint brownie, whatever you like. Go to builtbar.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built Bar. All right, Memphis Grizzlies, another big surprise unless you're reading NBABigBoard.com. Zaire Williams goes 10. Santi Aldama uh, in a trade with the Jazz uh, ends up going 30 for them. What did you think about these picks? So because the Grizzlies have hit on, seems like, their last, what, five or six picks, Mm -hmm. you have to factor that in that they know what they're doing. I've been on record as not being as high on Zaire Williams as others. And like we've mentioned in in the the, uh, telecast, or the broadcast, Zaire Williams and BJ Boston had similar seasons. Yeah. And it one went in the late forties and, and one yeah, went one, ten. One went ten. Teammates too in <laughs> high school. Teammates in high school. Both were projected as lottery picks coming into the year. Maybe it's just because Zaire is bigger, or do we factor in the COVID thing that that made the gap so wide? I liked uh Aldama. I didn't have him as a first round pick though. Um but I'm going to give them a C, but knowing that it could end up being an A and I could look foolish 
a year from now. I'm shocked you're giving him a C since you didn't have Zaire Williams in the first round. And, it's the Grizzlies. And I mean, they, okay. They, <laughs> all right. It's hard to question what they've done they, the past they, two years. They've done it right. <laughs> I, I warmed up to Zaire Williams. I had him high early in the season. I dropped him down into the 20s later, and then I warmed back up to him. Uh, and we talked about this when the Grizzlies moved up. Franz Wagner was their target. If he wasn't there, Zaire Williams, Josh Giddy were the two targets. Uh, and with Giddy off the board, Zaire Williams was the guy. Aldama is is a curiosity for me because he's six eleven, maybe seven feet, and can actually kind of shoot the basketball. On the move, he can shoot. On yeah, the move on the also. move. There's there's an awesome video out there. I think it was a game against Army in March where he just couldn't miss. He was yeah. just insane in that game. Uh, Zaire is a project, but if he hits with uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., with um, with uh, Ja Morant, now you've got three guys who are athletic, uh, who can do all sorts of different things. Uh, I, I really actually like this pick. I think it was worth the risk. I understand timelines, and people may say, you know, didn't the Grizzlies just make the playoffs? Shouldn't mm-hmm. they be making another push there? I think you can be patient with this young core. They're, the clock's not running out on them the way that it is with the Pelicans right now. They can be patient. If Zaire Williams hits, it's going to be a big deal. Grizzlies going to be a really interesting team do you, in the future. Where do you see him getting developmental minutes at? Yeah, that's one of the questions. There are some log jams there. Yeah. And uh, it is going to be a question mark about how they use him or what they play. But, the, you know, they may not be done. They also, by the way, added Steven Adams, uh, Eric Bledsoe to this team. Uh, so I, I don't I don't think that they're going to take a step backwards towards the playoffs either. Uh, and we'll just see what happens with Zaire. Let's go to San Antonio. The biggest shock of the draft for me. Yeah. I mean, I did not see this coming. I had this guy as a late first-round pick. Uh, I think uh, going 26th, maybe, to the Denver Nuggets. He goes 12th to the San Antonio Spurs, Joshua Primo. And Joe Wieskamp at 41, sort of right in the range that we thought he'd go in the sharpshooter out of Iowa. What did you think of the Spurs uh, draft? (laughs) Biggest shocker. I had Primo going to Philly. And even then, I thought they're gambling on upside because he's so young. I did not see him at 12. The Spurs have, I, I don't know if, if we can, the the genius label seems like it's kind of worn off the last mm-hmm. few years. I don't know what direction they're going in. Okay. And so this pick, usually if it wasn't San Antonio, we'd say, okay, well, we know that they're going all in on development. But the Spurs seem like they have been fine the last couple of years trying to fight for the playoffs. They just drafted uh, Vassell, who plays the same position last year. Primo seems like they're going to bring him along slowly, like they brought Keldon Johnson along, who spent the whole first year in the G League, or Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe like 90% of it. I'm going to give this a C. Wow. Talk about a team that I'm afraid to give a bad grade to. Anything that R.C. Buford does, I have so much respect for him as a general manager, as a talent evaluator, and just actually, frankly, as a human being. Uh, The culture in the Spurs is incredible. And the work that he's done with peace players and other things are just you know something that I admire so much. And and normally I check myself. If I don't like the Spurs draft, I kind of look in the mirror and say, this is probably Chad you being wrong as opposed to RC being wrong. And you know, frankly, given the success and the hit rate in that front office, I'm loathe to criticize this. Uh Primo looks like he's 16. Uh he didn't get a ton of run in Alabama his 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 rookie his freshman year um was young I can shoot the basketball obviously that three and D wing uh and Joe Joe Wieskamp is a is a wing as well um they added shooting 
They needed bigs. Thought that was a little bit strange. Primo seems like he's far away, far-ish away from uh, contributing to the NBA. So I I was a little bit baffled mm-hmm. uh, by this. Again, I'm like I'm like scared right now to give the Spurs like a bad grade because well, I just like know it's going to come back to bite me. Well, I, I thought that I didn't give them a, a great grade a couple years ago when they drafted um, I can't think of his name, Samonix, and he hasn't really played. Is, is that his name, Luca? Luca, the the guy, man. I'm tired. They drafted him the same draft as Keldon Johnson, mm-hmm. and he hasn't played much. Mm-hmm. And I was giving them credit because it was the Spurs. Okay. So this could be like that, too. I think I'm at the point now where I can't be afraid to okay. criticize them because I, even though they've drafted well, but they had a cornerstone in Tim Duncan where if you missed, mm-hmm. <laughs> you could miss and you were you were still uh, fine. And Duncan, if you had a guy that was okay, Duncan made him look good. Yeah. All right. I I, I can't do it. I'm giving him a B minus. <laughs> okay. By the way, I gave the Grizzlies a B plus. I think I forgot to mention my grade there. I'm with them. I'm gonna give him a B minus and just rest on. And it's not just R.C. Buford. It's Dave Tellup. It's George Felton in that mm-hmm. front office. There's just so many people that I I respect there. I just probably need to go back and watch more Primo tape. I liked him. I was actually a guy like, oh, I'm kind of being edgy here by saying like he's a first rounder, like, you know, yeah. a month and a half ago before the combine. And now, like, goodness, he's a lottery pick. <laughs> okay. Pelicans, who had 10, they trade down in that deal, uh, get Jonas Valanciunas. I think the big thing that came out of that deal that is probably the, the most interesting thing is that they get out of Eric Bledsoe's um, contract. They're clearly going to go after you think it's kyle lowry i think it's kyle lowry i had joked the pelicans probably think they're one kyle lowry away from being the phoenix suns yeah and now it looks like that's how they feel that, also. that could be be it or maybe it's just that they want to resign lonzo ball and then you know do something else but they get trey murphy oh, uh, another guy that was a high riser in the draft and herb jones at 35 what did you think about this uh draft for the pelicans i liked it i liked murphy he was someone that i i had initially as a late first round pick and as we got closer to the draft i wanted to move him up um in my last mock, I actually had the Knicks selecting Jarrett Butler and Trey Murphy, which I thought would have been an A-plus draft for uh-huh. them. They didn't get either one. Murphy is someone that I think could play anywhere from two through four in, in certain lineups. And I think with Zion, I think Zion's hard. He's going to be tough to build around because he's like a five, but he doesn't really rebound or protect the rim. And there aren't really many floor spacing, shot blocking bigs. Right. But Murphy is a, I think, at the best best case scenario, he could be a multi-positional defender. He was a very efficient shooter. And when you have a guy like Zion, you need floor spacers. So I like that pick there. Herb Jones, I mean, it's back-to-back Alabama guys for, for the Pelicans. He's a just this versatile, intangible guy that should be able to contribute to winning basketball. I still don't know if the Pelicans got much better. Well, it's it's interesting. We talk about trying to model after the Phoenix Suns. So um, you bring in Kyle Lowry. He's your Chris Paul. Trey Murphy getting comp to Mikel Bridges <laughs> slash Cam, Cam Johnson, Johnson. <laughs> right? And that's why he's – I can't tell you how many GMs told me that's why 
he's going where he's at, uh, even though, you know, his production at Virginia at 21 maybe is a little bit iffy. Mm-hmm. He can really shoot the basketball and at his size and his defensive abilities. I think p- teams are really intrigued. And Herb Jones, a monster on defense, mm-hmm. played a little point guard, really versatile guy, struggles with his jump shot. You know, I'm not sure what he is other than I do definitely think he can defend his butt off. Um, for them. And so, you know, I wonder if they're just sort of trying to follow that model now and hoping lightning catches in the bottle the <laughs> so, same way that it did for Phoenix. Because I'm going to be honest with you, when they signed Chris Paul, I was like, what are the what are the Suns doing? Like, why are they doing this? They're they're jumping too early. They're, mm-hmm. They need to keep developing this young core and not just now try to go and be a first or second round exit. I did not anticipate them making the NBA finals. Yeah, I don't uh, think anybody. Uh, uh, may, maybe, maybe they did, though. I don't yeah. know. Um, and so I'm not sure that's the model that everybody should follow, but it definitely seems to be the model that New Orleans is going to follow and hope, hope uh, Valanchunas um, and maybe Kyle Lowry – uh, and then, you know, a couple of draft picks and, you know, obviously with Brandon Ingram and Zion, like it, it pops. They always look good on paper. The Pelicans always look oh, like yeah. they should be better. They always like that league league pass team that I, I thought they'd, I thought I was like predicting they'd be in the playoffs. I thought that was like a kind of cool prediction to make yeah. and didn't work out. It's their third coach in three years. So yeah. if this doesn't work out, then it's not the coach. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto with ever-increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all your parts you need. Winder often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on the computer, chooses the only brand their warehouses happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available to your car and truck right locked on on their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right. We are moving ahead. You know, it's sort of weird. There's a number of Western Conference teams that just didn't draft. I'm like trying to do the math right now. And I'm like, did we miss somebody? It is <laughs> it is like 2.30 in the morning right now because I'm like, no, the Suns didn't draft. Minnesota didn't draft. The Lakers didn't draft. Blazers uh, came in and, and drafted. Blazers came in at the last trade. second the uh, and draft. The Mavs didn't draft this year. Uh, so it was heavy Eastern Conference. Uh, though There's some teams that doubled up. The Clippers did draft. And uh, they moved up in the draft uh, to select Keon Johnson out of Tennessee at 21. And then later in the draft, uh, Brandon Boston Jr. out of Kentucky. Uh, Two freshmen, super hyped freshmen, both hyped as lottery picks coming into the season. Neither of them end up making the lottery. Uh, That's a bigger surprise for Keon Johnson than it is for Brandon Boston Jr. Uh, But they did get two high school guys that were ranked like in the top 10, 12 in their class uh, for the Clippers. What do you think about the draft? It, <laughs> I guess it just kind of shows that I think you mentioned it in the, in the broadcast that they may be looking at this season as like a, a gap year mm-hmm. and w- as a year where if they make the playoffs, which I think they should still be good enough to at least compete, but they're going to develop guys and then wait for Kawhi to come back the next year. And then hopefully the young guys develop and they have some depth there, depth. Um, but I, I, I like the moves that they made. I mean, they weren't going to get 
I don't know. I mean, they weren't going to get guys that I was expecting to come in and make their rotation normally or help them reach their ultimate goal of winning a championship in, in this particular draft. But I liked the fact that they decided to go with upside. So I would give the Clippers a B. Uh, yeah, I, I actually like really like this draft. Like I'm going to give him an A minus because Keon Johnson to me is worthy of a top 10 pick and they got him at 21. I think he slipped because of some injury concerns. Uh, but I think he's already the best athlete in the draft. I think he's a terrific defender. I get the questions on offense, but I, I don't think you can write that off for him yet. I, I definitely think that, you know, maybe we're going to see a DeMar DeRozan, you know, sort of career out of him down the road. He also was a little bit shaky on offense, you know, at the, at the start of his uh, career. Um, and then Brandon Boston Jr. I just don't know. Uh, I liked him in high school. I did not like him at Kentucky. Um, I heard he's gotten stronger that he, that he, he's smoothed out that jump shot. He definitely has to do those things to be able to make it in the NBA. He struggled to finish at the rim. Uh, his shot wasn't falling, but if those things were to happen, you could see some skilled scoring and, and mm-hmm. some things that he could do. And so I like this. I like the idea of a gap year. I'm not sure what you tell Paul George, uh, you know, next year, but without Kawhi, thinking about development, thinking about the future and maybe these guys coming back. But I, I got to give the Clippers credit. I think this was bold and I am going to give them an A minus uh, for their draft. The Denver Nuggets are on the board at 26 and they select Bones Highland out of VCU. Best name in the draft. Best name in the draft. Absolutely. One of the funnest players in the draft to watch. Yep. How did you feel about the Nuggets draft? I, I give it an A. I think he's exactly what, what they need. He gives them some spark off the bench. He can play both guard spots. But the questions that you had about him being, I, I guess it's kind of a tweener. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter when you have Nikola Jokic. He doesn't yeah. have to be the primary ball handler. He doesn't have to make a lot of decisions with the ball. He can cut. He can run pick and roll. So I like to pick. And I think he should be able to come in and play minutes as a rookie on a team that is you know, looking to compete for a championship. I love him. I love the way he plays. I thought he, I thought he popped uh, at, the, at the combine of like, oh, this guy. Because he only did one day, right? This guy just, you can't take your eyes off him. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to come out here and he's just a baller. Yep. And, you know, whether he has kind of like a Jordan Clarkson or like a Lou Williams, uh, you know, type of career, I could see I could see him doing something like that and being like a perennial six man on a team and, and, you know, putting up numbers and just being fun to watch and and kind of a microwave player. And the Nuggets always just I, I got to hand it to Tim Conley. I feel like he always sort of finds these guys yeah. um, in the draft the, the Nuggets have been pretty good at drafting not mm-hmm. so always good at trading yeah. uh their trades they draft for utah uh yeah they they uh <laughs> they, they, their trades with it they should never make another trade with utah again but you know who i compared him to not i mean a lot of it has to do with build and style of play like this combination of playground game is will barton okay just because will is like a guy that i'm a blazers fan and portland didn't get the best out of Barton, mm-hmm. but Denver did. They understood, like, we, we know you like to play a certain way. We're going to allow you to be you, kind of dance with the ball, play one-on-one, and Highland has a similar game to me. I mean, I know totally different positions, but I like the fact that they allowed Will Barton to be who he is, and he, I mean, it worked out for them. So I like the pick there. What did you give him? Oh, I give them a. I give them an A. I gave them an A as well at 26. 
Okay, we're rounding this up. The Blazers trade in, get Greg Brown out of 43, a guy who I have to admit at Big Board 1.0 at the start of the season, I had ranked sixth. (laughs) And it it took me a while to give up on him. Like I kept saying, this guy is so good athletically. He's actually shot the ball pretty decently. He just he's he's miscast as a wing um, at Texas, but you understand when they had Kai Jones and Jericho Sims uh, in their front court, while why the, he was being played at the three, and I kind of envisioned this Jeremy Grant sort of role for him when he gets to the NBA. But as the season went on, things didn't get better. Things kind of devolved and got worse, yeah. and I just didn't know what to do at the end uh, with him. I, the the raw talent is there. I don't know if he ever comes around. What do you think about this pick for the Blazers? He actually kind of reminds me of another guy that's on the Blazers roster, which is Derek Jones Jr. Okay. Freak athlete. He might have a little – well, he has a higher upside. The Blazers were probably one of the least athletic teams in the NBA as far as mm-hmm. on their front line. He, he improves athleticism. The Blazers don't have a G League team, and I've always been a fan, and maybe because I'm biased of their development, I thought Simons developed faster than a lot of people thought. I thought they did a good job with Gary Trent Jr. And this is without having a, a G League team. So I don't know where Greg Brown is going to get any minutes at. Okay. And unless they do the hybrid thing where they sent guys down to the Texas Legends. But I would love to see, especially at, at 43, Greg Brown go to a team that has a G League team that is close by that they can really monitor him. So I'm going to give this. I'll give it a, mm, I give it a B. My no, you know what? I, I don't want to be biased. I'll give it a C. Okay, C for him. I'm going to give it a B just because it's 43. You take the risk at that point. He's either to me a hit big, or you find out in a couple of years. Yeah, there's yeah. just that's not there. But if it hits big, it's big for Neil O'Shea to get something in the second round uh, like that. But do you? What do you? I'm think not willing to give up on set. the dude. I I think it's motor. Uh, which but I thought that was questionable. Yeah, I. <laughs> That's the. You know, it was really funny. Like the first combine game, he seemed winded and just like wasn't getting back on defense, and I think he got killed for it. I mean, I actually think if you're gonna show up at the combine and have the courage to play, which is great, play your butt off. And then you know there was Greg Brown, but he got the feedback in the second game. He was completely different player mm-hmm. out there. I don't know what's going on with him, uh, but I. I I heard from the Texas staff that he was a good, good young man, and that that he took coaching well. I, I just don't know whether he's getting the right advice or how he's getting prepared. I don't know what's going on with him. I just sometimes when I believe in a guy, it's really hard for me to give up on that yeah, guy. Well, like that. <laughs> uh, and so I'm just not ready to give up on him yet. And I'm just going to hope Neil O'Shea and that that staff and, and Chauncey Billups and folks are going to figure out how to get the best out of him. And so I'm not going to give up on him. I just realized that the Clippers also got, and we didn't talk about it, Jason Preston out of Ohio. Uh, One of the really amazing stories. I mean, guy. The most amazing story. Yeah, I mean, nothing as far as a high school basketball player uh, makes his own sort of mixtape, ends up as like a a journalism major. Journalism major or something like that. And even coming into the combine, I think a lot of guys were kind of skeptical. You know, who is this guy? You know, is he they missed the Illinois him? game then. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I don't, game was the one for me that said, "This okay, is a legitimate he's a player. NBA." Pro- the Illinois team was good, and it was at the beginning of the season. 
he shot the ball well, and I have this joke saying if his name was Jason Ball, mm-hmm. he's a first round yeah. pick. He looks like the third ball brother. Yeah, yeah, he fourth he, ball. Brother. Yeah, like a like a skinnier, even skinnier version <laughs> yeah. of a, the. He you get he kind of doesn't look the part, but he was great at the combine. Yeah. I think that did it for him. I think when they saw him around all those other athletes and saw how he played and how tough he is and just how good he is with the ball, then people kind of went back and looked at the stats yeah. and everything else. So again, sneaky good draft for the Clippers. So yeah. that, that was Jason Preston uh, for them. Keon Johnson, Brandon Boston jr. They got a point guard. They got a two guard. They got a, they got a wing out of this. Yeah. Um, and I thought uh, Preston was a better athlete than advertised. Mm-hmm. He's not the same athlete as those two guys, but they got size. They got, I mean, they. I, I'll change it. I think I gave them an A, or did I give them an A? I, I'll give them an A. All right, a solid A. An A. I, I give an A minus. Well, that's uh, the. 2021 NBA draft. That's the Western Conference. He's Rafael Barlow from NBADraftJunkies.com. I'm Chad Ford from NBABigBoard.com. Make sure you follow us all year as we start getting into the 2022 NBA draft. Uh, Rafael, I just want to say it's been a pleasure uh, working with you and getting to know you this year. Uh, if you haven't checked out his work at NBADraftJunkies.com, make sure that you go over and do it. I, I think that Rafael is one of the great up-and-coming draft analysts, uh, and I'm just excited to work, continue to work with him here on the Locked On uh, Network as well. And this was a blast tonight. Yeah, thank you for. I remember when you reached out to me, and I got the emails like Chad Ford emailed me, and you've given me an opportunity to come on your show three times. You came on mine. You've retweeted my videos. You've posted it. So thank you for everything that you've done for me and helping kind of launch my career it, it definitely means a lot to me and the exposure that you've given me has 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 gone a long way so i appreciate that well it's 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 your talent and and also just getting to know know this guy a little bit i mean what a what a great human being just uh, just a ac- absolute pleasure to work with and i have a feeling this won't be the last uh, podcast that we do together yeah. and, and hopefully the last show that we do together and so i hope you guys keep checking in and listening uh with the draft grades coming up next um uh, next week, Tony Jones is going to come check in and give his thoughts on the draft. And then we're going to start previewing the 2022 NBA draft. There's no rest, uh, no rest, but there's some really interesting prospects in the 22 NBA draft. Uh, make sure you, again, you go over, subscribe at nbabigboard.com. You've been listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Aloha. Aloha.